Once upon a time there was a podcast. This podcast contained adult language, mature situations, storybook romances, gentle giants, manipulative princesses, R.O.U.S.'s, the Dread Pirate Roberts, and revenge-seeking Spaniards. Listener discretion is advised. As you wish. Spirekin Movie Review, Episode 101, No One Would Surrender to the Dread Pirate Wesley. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spirekin Movie Review, some podcasts and many reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up, and it's a very special episode because we're doing it on Skype with one of our more popular co-hosts. Lou, hey, how's, uh, how's it going? I'm glad to be back for this very special 101st episode of uh, Spirekin Movie Review. I gotta say, I'm surprised that this movie hasn't been done on the Spartacus Movie Review by now, because it is such a popular movie. It is, but that's also because the Dodecahedron has not chosen it till now. True, true. If you leave it up to that, if you leave it up to that little piece of plastic, then sometimes it's just gonna take you a certain path. This is foam, you see? Oh yeah, use your foamy one, eh? Yeah, I use the foamy one. I've upgraded, because it's bigger, and I could throw it at someone's head and knock them out. <laughs> What is it? What do you think? 1D2? <laughs> Damage? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, if it's an eye, maybe. Maybe. And also, who else is there? Greetings. It's Lizzie. How are you? Not bad. We needed an extra input for this funny movie. Now, beforehand, remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email us at spirekin at gmail.com. Go to haywireseries.com. Definitely check it out. Um, you guys done for the season? Still we, working on it. We're done for third season, and we're going to move on to the fourth. We okay. started releasing uh, third season episodes on Halloween, and uh, the next episode, our, uh, actually our uh, 21st be... episode, will be on January 1st, New Year's Day. On New Year's Day. 21 episodes. That's really good. Yep. Especially for a show that's as... It's a Romero meets... A little bit of, I want to say, um, a little Walking Dead, a little bit, a little bit, a little with the freaks, a little. It's a bit post-apocalyptic, so yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'm but thinking I... about the crazies more like it's very focused like on that. It, it is. I would say it's more zombie than the zombie flicks because the true zombie, as opposed to the Walking Dead or the Living Dead. Um, Whereas they are uh, 
in the, the Walking Dead and other typical zombie movies, they are decaying and they truly are dead. Whereas the Haywire zombies are more, uh, more along the lines of voodoo zombies, uh, the original zombies from Africa that uh, are, they seem to have some kind of mind control, um, but they are not, they are not rotten. Uh, they're not rotting bodies. Or yeah, yeah, they're they're rev they're more revenants, I think. That's what I was always say to everyone who I talk to. They're revenants, pretty much. Yes. Okay. I yeah. like that. Yeah, it's a good way because I say you know it's a it's a show about revenants. What's well, revenants? It's like a zombie, but it's more. It's just like just a dead person who's back. Right. Which. So yeah, you can you can check us out at uh, haywireseries.com. I think we have a Facebook page. It's uh, haywire. Uh, the series, um, you know, because you got to make that distinction. We are not in any way, shape, or form affiliated with that movie that came out uh, a couple of years ago. So, yeah, haywireseries.com. Even okay. though so, some of Haywire the movie takes place in upstate New York, and Haywire the series also takes place in upstate New York, but it's lower upstate. Pure coincidence, pure coincidence. Yes, and we were first. <laughs> yes. Yes, we started filming first. Yeah. So then you win. Therefore you win. Therefore we win. I don't know what we win, but we win something. <laughs> you win some sort of award. <laughs> we'll figure yes. out, we'll figure out what the award is later. Maybe I'll make one. I don't know. But so let's get right on to it. So for those of you who weren't listening to our episode one hundred, which is amazing and fun and lots of craziness happened in that. What happened was we went over everything we've covered for the last 100 episodes, and we've decided to go back to old school. And we decided that we'd be reviewing a movie, which is one of the four quintessential fantasy films of the 1980s. Do you guys agree or disagree with that? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's such a popular movie, and it kind of transcends the serious fantasy movies with the comedy fantasy Movie. I'll give a couple of examples, but I mean, I, as we know, in the '80s, fantasy movies were all the rage. Yeah, you had the Neverending Story, you had Legend, you had this film, you had Labyrinth and Dark Crystal, which technically you could count as post-apocalyptic, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But this, and, the, and then you had the fair that was, you know, the serious type, like the Conans and the Excalibur. And Excalibur, yeah, you had a lot of movies that were, you know... Was, was Crawl in there, or was that 70s? Was Crawl, that, Crawl was in the 80s, yes. Crawl made it into the 80s. And that was one of those movies which is in the weird spot, because it says it's a fantasy film, but it's actually a hardcore sci-fi film, so it's like, yeah. wait, what? Yeah. But that's, that's for another day, because that movie creeps me the hell out. <laughs> really? It's cool, it's brilliant, I love the design of it, even though the beast looks like a giant rubber monster, but... Yeah. Giant, cr- giant crystal spider. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to mess with that just a little bit. But, so, this movie we're talking about is one of those movies by that lovely director, Rob Reiner. Yep. Yes. If you don't remember who he is or know who he is, he's really big for making these films, which are... You know, he's done a few good men. He did that famous Stand By Me. He did When Harry Met Sally. He's He goes all over the place with what he does. He even did This Is Spinal Tap. It just seems he kind of, not cherry picks, but he's... He doesn't want to be pigeonholed. Yes. Even though the jerk is brilliant and stupid at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I, I would agree with that. Right. Yeah. 
And he uses a lot of the same actors over and over again. Yes. Yeah, it seems like he likes to work with some of the same actors. Uh, I guess it's a comfort thing. I, I sympathize. A lot of directors do do like using their stable of actors. I mean, Chris Nolan is a perfect example. But this is we have um, the main one that you could think of for this one for Rob Reiner is going to be Billy Crystal, who has a minor role in this movie, or is it a major role? It's a little bit of both, actually. Yeah. It's kind. Of, it's a. I guess you could call it a cameo. Yeah. Um, but but it, you know, even though he's with with Carol Kane. Yeah. Even though he can't tell that it's Billy Crystal, you can certainly hear it's Billy Crystal. Yeah, and he's almost a MacGuffin. You think? He's a plot point. He really yeah. is. Well, definitely, yes. He's a, if this did not happen, you'd probably put something else there. But he is. But, so anyway, so this is Rob Reiner, produced by Rob Reiner, written, adapted by William Goldman from his original book based on this, which is a little different, a little darker, but it doesn't have that same je ne sais quoi that this film has. I have a question. Shoot. Is Miracle Max in the book? Yes, he is. But the thing is, in the book, he makes our two secondary protagonists go through a bunch of stuff to get the pieces and everything he needs to make the MacGuffin. Okay, gotcha. Actually, it's not a MacGuffin. It's a... Ah, well, we'll get into that in a moment. <laughs> so it was certainly expedited for the movie. Yes, it was expedited. A lot of it was expedited. And before I forget, any before we go any further... Spoiler alert, this is way past its prime. It's It came out all the way back in the far distant year of 1987, which is over 20... Seven. 27 years ago. So I think the statute of limitations has passed. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you have not seen this movie, go watch it. Pause the podcast, watch it, and then come back. If you we'll, haven't seen this movie, then wait another three years uh, and... Watch the 30th anniversary of the release of this movie because uh, they'll probably release it on some special Blu-ray edition or, you know, uh, you know, with some added features that, you know, are added features or, you know, behind the scenes or some deleted scenes or, or they'll they'll throw some well. extra stuff that, you know, that they'll throw on into a Blu-ray to get people to buy it again and uh, then watch it then. Most people, I think, will buy it, especially with the fact that Carrie L's book came out just now. It was just released, the one inconceivable. Oh, really? Yeah, it's about his entire time on the set, and it's actually a pretty good read. Oh, cool. It was uh, twenty-five dollars, uh, I think, but that's not bad for six hundred pages. Oh, wow! And you get pictures of six hundred pages about his experiences behind the scenes. Jesus! It also talks about the fact that a certain person fell over, landed on one of the cameramen, and he was so drunk it took him a day for him to move. What? <laughs> okay. You can guess who the drunk is. <laughs> Very uh, nice large man. Uh, oh, oh wow. Oh, like a giant type person? Yeah. Like a really big kind of, like, he's so big he'd be a wrestler? Yes, a large Frenchman. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so this film was said 1985. It stars Peter Falk. Yes. Of Columbo fame. Fred yeah. Savage, who I think he's done nothing in the last... Couple of years, in the last couple of years, yeah. But he went out to more fame after the movie. Yeah, then he fell into obscurity. I mean, you also have um. Actually, uh, didn't he produce things? He might have. I think he's now a director. I'm not sure. Um, of course, we can't forget Carol Kane. 
Mm-hmm. No, not at all. And she's fabulous. Oh, yeah, no. Whatever she does, she's fun. In. Yeah. From Taxi uh, to this. Katinkin. Uh, Sarandon. Uh, oh, Chris Sarandon. Yes. Chris Sarandon. Yep, Chris Sarandon from Fright Night. <laughs> right, at Fright Night, and also the voice of Jack Skellington from A Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. And uh, Christopher Guest is in this. Yes. Uh, the amazing Christopher Guest. Yes. And Robin Wright before the pen. Yep. And, oh, we cannot forget, as we said, Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. Wallace Shawn. Billy Crystal. Yep. And um, the last person, like I said earlier, Carrie Ewells. Ells. 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 Something. E-L-W-E-S, who has a surprisingly a very, he could do a very good American accent. Like, I'm talking Texan accent. He's a, he's a talented guy. He's, he's yeah. very talented, and he enjoys his work. And that's a good thing. And, and it, was, it, it was interesting to see him in Saw. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he was really good in Saw. And that, yeah. Yeah, that movie, it's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a good comeback for him. He's been doing voice work recently, and he's uh, been doing good with it. He's doing a lot of Miyazaki stuff, I'm surprised at, though. He's been in four Miyazaki movies. Hmm. But, but that's for another day. So let's get on to this. We are talking about... Do you want to say it? The Princess Bride. As, As you wish. Uh, in other words, I would love to shag you. Yeah. Or what else does it mean? It means a lot of other stuff. <laughs> but um, so how do we... So describe this movie in a sentence. How would you describe it? All I right. would say a... Storybook story. A storybook story about a story I'm gonna tell you now. <laughs> I like that. I like it. A storybook story within a story. Uh, yes. Uh, it's, uh, it's one of those, it's one of those, uh, what, what else, what other movie is similar to this? Uh, where the, the tale is being told and, you know, you're being brought into the current uh, you know, that current guy. timeline, but it's, uh, I can't think of anything else. Never so. Ending Story was like this, where it was someone was reading in the real, the the story? real okay. world, and then they're reading about the fictional world, but that keeps going back into the real world every so often. That's true, that's true. Never, yeah, the Never Ending Story. Um, but that doesn't have Peter Falk. Who I think he was like the Morgan Freeman of the narrators in the, of that time. Yeah, I would say that it's a fantasy story uh, about revenge and about true love. Yeah, right? I go with that. To blave. Oh, to blave. Yes, to bluff. Yeah. To blave, which means to bluff. <laughs> yeah. Liar! <laughs> oh no, it's a hag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. For those of you who don't know and haven't seen this and do didn't listen to us, it is as we said. It's a story about a grandfather talking, reading a story to his sick grandson, and the story is about a girl named Buttercup, a farm boy named Wesley, them becoming in the young girl Buttercup becoming engaged to a prince, and then insanity and hilarity ensues with revenge, murder, love, betrayal, and miracles. And men in rat suits. And giant swamp rats. Oh, yes. No, the, no, the rats of unusual size, which are... Actually, 
That's right. Which are in that card game I got them in the new pack I have. That's actually one of the cards. Oh wow! <laughs> I'll bring it over next time. We could play the super fight. You could, and maybe we'll get the rest of unusual size versus something like uh, Link or um, uh, Prince. Kind of cool. Anyway, I'll have to leave that out. Um. So yeah. So really, there's not. What can be said that about this movie? I mean, the cinematography, the action. Like, what was your first experience to this? Did you see it in theaters, or did you hear about it? Well, I don't believe I saw this in the theaters. Far as uh, '80s movies go, I think it holds up pretty well. The sets were pretty believable. I think uh, you know they didn't try to get away with anything too ambitious uh, in terms of uh, special effects. Uh, I think it was all kind of practical kind of effects that they used. Makeup effect, makeup looked great on you know most of the <laughs> on most of the characters. Like uh, yeah, I think it was pretty phenomenal. You know, actually. Billy Crystal and Carol Kane looked you know pretty good. Mel um, Smith looked really good as the albino. Yes, <laughs> yes as the albino. Yeah. yeah. A couple of map paintings in there, you know, that were uh, more believable than the map paintings that were used in Nightbreed. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, as far as 80 movies go, the, the, the production quality was pretty high. This is, uh, you know, it's Rob Reiner. So, you know, I think he, he had a lot of, you know, he had a lot of resources and uh, they were used well. And for $16 million in the 80s, that's worth current day, I think, 32 you think? Or is it like 40 I would say more. Uh, like 100 Yeah, yeah, I'd say more. But it was a decent amount, because some of the sets were amazing. The set on the um, the Cliffs of Insanity yes. and, the, yeah. and the Pit of Despair. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, nicely detailed. Um, yeah, they, they, they looked good. But then on the other hand, the Florian Castle, that was very interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. It had to be generic enough where, you know, they probably turned the camera a couple of different directions. They're like, all right, and now it's this place, you know, now it's this room. And, you know, I'm sure they, they recycled a lot of the sets and just, you know, they tricked people, you know. Oh, yeah. Set design was great. The And the camera, the music was fit perfectly, I think. Yeah. And then uh, Mark Knopfler from uh, Dire Straits apparently did the music. Yeah, we reviewed another movie he did the music for as well. Hmm, what was that? Well, a bunch of some of the other ones we reviewed that he's done, but I think he did, uh, hold on. I think he did, he worked on either Reanimator or he worked on one of, or, or maybe he worked on, uh, hold on. What has he worked on? Oh, fuck it. I'll look at it later. This is driving yeah. me crazy later, but he's worked on other soundtracks. But the music fit a lot of it. There wasn't anything that didn't seem too gaudy or too crazy. Right, especially for the 80s, you know, because the 80s was a, uh, could have been a crazy time for music, and they could have tried to throw stylized 80s music in there uh, with synthesizers and craziness. And they didn't do that, and I appreciate that. Hmm. So, like yeah, the original Legend like, soundtrack, like Legend, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you have Yes, and I mean, you know, you have uh, the guys from Yes doing doing part of the soundtrack, and it was really like a, a you know, like very intrusive. Some of the music, you know, it was just like wow, like that's that's really heavy handed for a fantasy film, you know. Although I like some of the, I like I appreciated some of the music in Legend. Yeah. 
you know, for sure. But, uh, it was very, it worked in that kind of fantasy dream sequence. I did like that. I do have both soundtracks. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, this soundtrack, it was nice, I think. I know it's nice is not a great word to use, but it's something which is not too overbearing, not too strong, and it hit you just in the right spots. Yeah. I mean, there's not one, but there's not one that you really could say stood out. There wasn't much like this. I remember this, and you know, I download this in my ringtone, or you know, right. It it was appropriate and comfortable and suitable. Yeah. Yes. And other thesaurus words. (laughs) Yes, it was adequate. Adequate is yes. That's a good. That's a good word for adequate. I mean, so. So besides that, the story itself is. What do you think about the way this film was structured? Would you have changed anything and kept it the same? Or would you have added anything? What did you like the most about the story and the movie itself? I mean, for me, I enjoyed the fact that you had all these characters all fleshed out. And it wasn't just, uh, this is just generic character A, B, and C. It was like when you met Vecini, Fezzik, and Inigo you knew they had their own history behind them, you learn a little bit about it, but they have their fully developed characters. It's not, here's three guys, here they are, they just randomly appeared, go at it. Yeah, I did appreciate that, for sure. Um, and uh, it, you know what, it kept, uh, it kept the story moving. I never felt like it was dragging or you were waiting for, for, for something to happen, there was there was always something to hold your attention. I, I appreciate. Uh, I guess I should say that I appreciated the um, the, the screenwriter um, because they uh, it was a, a good um, adaptation. Well, it was the original author, so he was just trimming yeah. the fat, I think. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, and I guess that that just shows that he, you know, he knew what he was doing when it came to uh, adapting his own work like he knew what he knew what he wanted to uh, you know to show you yeah. know you know what you know he knew where to cut and where to embellish and where to make something a little more cinematic uh, because you know sometimes it's hard to translate that kind of stuff yeah because someone could write the story and also write the screenplay and again we go back to Nightbreed. Yeah, Cl- a, Clive yeah. Barker. I I don't really know what he was thinking. Yeah, with Nightbreed, like yikes. Anyway, no, so. I agree. Yeah. Like he, some <laughs> some of his works that he's adapted are really good. Hell, Hellborn yes. Heart, amazing adaption. Nightbreed. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> that we should save for another day. I think we should do <laughs> Mystery Science Theater that movie. <laughs> <laughs> just watch it, drink, and just do commentary. Yes. <laughs> for Nightbreed. With all these various characters that they've thrown in, it just was so interesting that you had all the, everyone had their little moment almost. Even the albino, even the king had a moment. Everyone had a moment, scene which and it wasn't. No one was really forgotten. I don't think, except for I no, everyone was. I think. Yeah, I have to agree. Yeah, I like the I like the the albino's uh, introduction. Where he's like, he starts off all scratchy voice. He's like, "You're in the oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you're in a, you're uh, you're going to be tortured." <laughs> He's <laughs> like, that's the thing. No, it was just funny. It was just a funny intro. I think it was uh, clever the way they. I mean, I I have no idea. Uh, you know, compared to the book, you know, whether that was in the book, but you know, 
but it was certainly it was certainly nice nicely brought to life if if it was. I don't think it was. I think that it was. They it wasn't. Uh, yeah, the humor in this was done in a way where it's not breaking the third wall, but it they they had fun working on this. Mm. It wasn't a strict. Well, this is how it's going to work. That's it. No, they, they had fun doing this. And you could see it. You could sense it almost. And then you have fun watching it. As mm-hmm. well. And that's why I think this show, this movie has had such shelf life compared to everything else. Because it's still a movie that they show in theaters. I mean, it was in theaters this year. A couple of weeks ago it was in theaters. Wow. And they just released the board game. <laughs> <laughs> it's a board game. There is a board game, and there's also a Game of Life version of this, which I was like, okay, so what is the Game of Life? You become a, you become, you die and then become impaled, and then you kind of can work a little bit because you're mostly dead, but not really? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. And you just take a chocolate-covered pill, a gigantic chocolate-covered pill, and (laughs) everything's better. And you don't swim for an hour afterwards. (laughs) That's right. Wait 15 minutes. (laughs) <laughs> for full potencies. Okay, so what was your favorite moment? What was the one which like your perfect moment in this movie? Ooh. Hmm. Uh, I, I think my my favorite moment was uh, Vassini's duel, <laughs> duel of the minds with uh, <laughs> with uh, with the dread. Pirate Roberts. Oh, the the Battle of Wits. <laughs> yeah, the Battle of Wits. I think that was. I I definitely got chuckles because uh, Sean is uh, he was he definitely a good character actor. He made that scene very very fun oh, to yeah. uh, to watch. Yes, him laughing maniacally is and just his whole his whole monologue was you know was was fantastic. I still love the fact that there's a version of the monologue read by Ralph Wiggum. And it's, it's oh jeez, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, there's a a bunch of voice actors read the actual the script, uh-huh. so it's Ralph Wiggum. And um, are you familiar with Drawn to, the show Drawn Together, or better yet, you remember Inspector Gadget? Yeah. You remember the show Inspector Gadget? Sure. Yes. The voice of Penny, being Dread Pirate Roberts. No. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just, and you see, like, you, and you know, the monologue, Aristotle, uh, uh, what is it? It's, uh, Aristotle, Socrates, morons. Yeah. You hear him say, Aristotle, Socrates, me fail English? That impossible. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really funny. I'm probably going to put that in the actual, the end of the episode. I think that's going to be a snigger. It's just going to be that monologue. Cause they have also from Adventure Time, Finn being as, uh, the guy who voices Finn being the Ice King during the other part when it's the prince actually talking. When he's like, oh, they dueled here and they went over here and he's voicing Count Rogan. Right. Okay. So what about you, Lizzie? What's your your, your favorite scene? What is the scene which is like quintessential scene for us? Um, I have to say the um, the fight between the giant and the, the dread pirate uh, Roberts, um, where he uh, he th- where he throws the the rock at him and he says it's a warning, um, you know, because he you know I he could have he could have hurt him. I I really like Andre the Giant's character uh, because as you know he is the gentle giant and he has compassion, he has a heart, and he really doesn't want to hurt anybody. 
so yeah, that's that's kind of, I guess, one of my favorite scenes uh, there. Gives it time. But yeah, he was a very gentle giant. He was also intelligent. That was the other thing. Everyone's like, oh, he's a giant. No, he's pretty intelligent. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't a, a, a huge moron, uh, you know. Um, yeah, yeah it was, um, and it's just it's just fun to watch him. Uh, I I I used to be a in the eighties. I used to be a big fan of wrestling uh, and watched him as a wrestler. Him and Hulk Hogan and uh, Rowdy Ryan Piper, and, you know, Coco Beware, and all those guys. Uh, so it, it was it was fun. Uh, to see him doing something different. And the fact this is his second fantasy film is pretty cool. Yeah. His first one, no one knew it was him, though, unfortunately. He was under a bunch of makeup. Yeah. Still, it's a great scene. <laughs> you see him with Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Will Chamberlain. You see, like, they're super tall and Arnold's so short. And let's not forget his... Uh, his um... His appearances as uh, Bigfoot. That's right. And, uh, in the Six Million Dollar Man. That's right, he was. I'm going to have to go with the trend, I think, on this, because there are so many great scenes in this movie. I mean, you have Miracle Max, which is awesome. Yeah. You have uh, the scene, which is my quote, which does explain it, which is perfect. But I think the scene that does show it the best is the Battle of, of uh, Skill, which was... Inigo Montoya versus the Dread Pirate Roberts because it's it starts off literally they're conversing. He's like, I don't want to kill you know. It's like, it's like yeah. I'm gonna hate to kill you. I don't, I, and I'm gonna hate to be killed. Yeah, yeah. you seem a decent fellow. I hate to kill you. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I don't. Is this gonna take a long time? I'm climbing up as fast as I can. <laughs> I'll throw a rope down. I don't trust you. You're, he's like, will you take my word as a Spaniard? I know too many Spaniards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just it's 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 a very witty conversation which works really well. It's almost a one it's it's almost a it's a one scene not one scene movie, but it's like a one room scene almost. Hmm. If that it's if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Yeah. And it's just it's so interesting because you didn't think Mandy Panthican, the guy who was in so many things. He's very gruff and mean as an eagle player. And his his origin story. How he will yeah. find the man with the six fingers. Who killed his father. And his father was named? Anybody? Anybody? Did anybody write that down? No. Uh, Domingo Montoya. Oh. Yes. Domingo. 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 Yes, he's right. My father was Domingo Montoya. He stabs him. He's like, oh, you was a little brat. Hmm. Yeah. And then him just stabbing him over and over again. He's like, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Why won't you die? <laughs> yeah, he was stabbed like three times and he won't die. Just He found he found the uh, the strength and the, the will to, to fight. He did reach deep down inside of himself. And remembered his father and the revenge. And the interesting thing is that there was an interview recently with Manny Patakin, and his favorite line from the movie was something super subtle. Oh, yeah? And he, he said it explained life perfectly. 
it's the last line he says, which is uh, the revenge business line. Um, I had it written down. I can't find it. Yeah, you'll have to add it in. Yeah, but it was that revenge line. Mm. Hmm. About how you so, keep... Something about giving up the revenge business. Yeah. It just it shows like you know if you can if you focus on one thing your entire life you're gonna waste it. Hmm. And he is now the drug private Roberts, or is he? Hmm. Well, somebody had to take the moniker. True. I would have liked uh, Andre the Giant to have been the drug private Roberts, but no, wait, he's the brute squad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and apparently he was uh, trained by a Vulcan because he was able to. Uh, to knock out the princess with the Vulcan neck pinch. That's right. He was trained by Spock. Still, the big plot hole. Where the hell did he find four horses? Four white horses. And uh, honestly, that w- that couldn't have been him on one of the horses. There, there had to be someone else. You, you need a Clydesdale to. Uh, uh, to- you, yeah, you, yeah, you'd need a draft horse. You'd need a big horse to handle. The Andre the Giant-sized yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, a, a, it's it's stunning to see <laughs> him next to the average-sized person and how huge his head is compared to the other actors. It's like, oh my god, yeah, he, yeah. he truly is a giant. Yeah, when Cariolas put his head near, you know, his, it's just like, oh my god, it's like twice as big. Yeah. Yeah, his hand and was just huge. And his yeah. My God. How much do you think his head weighed? Probably like 25 pounds? Nah, like 30 the average, at least. The average, the average head, head weighs about 10 pounds. At least so. 35, at least. <laughs> yeah, right? And he, yeah, he That's a, a heavy bowling ball. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It was, the movie, uh, it's just crazy. Andre the Giant, he's such a big man. He was such a, pardon me, I mean, physiologically, he wouldn't have survived past 2000 if he didn't die of the alcohol in the heart. Right. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen what he would have done, though. Certainly. I think he would have brought some great roles. And as a wrestling fan, I think he could have beat the shit out of the big show. Any day of the week. Oh, yeah. And what, uh, uh, what year did he pass away? Uh, Andre the Giant passed away back in 1990. Yeah, 1993. 46 years old in Paris. Alright. Yes, Andre René Rosamoff. Mm. Also known as the Eiffel Tower and the Giant Machine. <laughs> okay, I get the Eiffel Tower, but the Giant Machine, really? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't get the Giant Machine. And his first uh, his first debut was as as Monsieur Rosamoff in, in uh, the IWE. That's cool. So Japanese wrestling, Monsieur Rosamoff. Really? Oh my god. Japanese wrestling. Like sumo wrestling? No, uh, Japanese wrestling is the one where they actually use like C4 and fucking uh, barbed wire. Oh wow. Where McFoley learned his trade. Oh. It's they just, you're gonna wrestle but we're gonna make it fun and fucked up. <laughs> let's, pour tax, <laughs> let's pour tax on the ground just because... Tax aren't good enough. Let's use nails or broken glass. Why? Because they can. Wow. Because you signed a waiver. Yes. And we get the we get ninety percent of the money. You get this much, and you pay your medical fees. <laughs> the Japanese are crazy. Yes, they are. Just look at Akiba. 
<laughs> they like they like to go for realism. Okay, so now back to your regularly scheduled podcast about, yes. uh, about children's things. This is a children's story. You know, it is children. A the, the child who complained about this, oh, it's a kissing book. And then he, no, Mina, like, you know, two minutes later, he's just like, wait, wait, you know, don't stop reading. It's like, oh, oh, you want me to keep reading, huh? And this could have gotten really messed up if it was, Grandpa's going to be reading you a Harlequin novel. <laughs> <laughs> and then Buttercup was pushed down gently into the mattress. Her bodice heaved up and down as she looked into Wesley's eyes. <laughs> She accepted his manhood willingly. <laughs> I think I think that'd make it a much more. Oh God, I just had to check rule thirty-four. I just have to. And there is rule thirty-four does exist for Princess Bride. Rule thirty-four. If you speak of it, there has been porn made of it. Oh, oh. that doesn't surprise me. Monsters and mullets. Mullets. Oh, mullets. Uh... Oh, good God, this guy looks... The, 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 the kid's mom had a mullet, actually. And apparently the kid was a big fan of the bears. <laughs> yes, he was, the bears. And white bread. So I don't it, think there was anything in that sandwich. There, there might have been mayonnaise. Inconceivable. <laughs> mayonnaise. Inconceivable. You, you keep using that word. I don't think you know what it means. Mayonnaise does not go on a sandwich alone. <laughs> Speaking of which, how many times did uh, Cassini say inconceivable? I don't know. I didn't count. I did. How? Oh, interesting. I did. You did. Lay it on us. I'd take a guess. Um, I want to say, can, does it have to be accurate or can I ballpark it? No, you can ballpark it if you want. I would say between 15 and 20. And Zahn? Hmm. I'm going to say 14. Now I'm going to say... Just underneath I, it. <laughs> I'm going to say I only counted it five times. Inconceivable! <laughs> well, consider, you know, that, you know, Vecini's character is oh, introduced yeah. later on, you know, a little further into the movie, and he dies before half the movie's over. That's true. So, yeah, he didn't really have that much of an opportunity to say the word. Yeah, he only had, he's only in the movie for maybe 15 minutes? Yeah, most. maybe. 10 minutes, maybe, screen time? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I counted five. Although, I always, you know, I, in my mind, I thought, you know, like, yeah, it's like a, a dozen times inconceivable. Yeah. You keep using that word. I don't think you know what it means. <laughs> well, that's what the giant says. Yeah. And I love that. I like peanut, the, the quote that they say, do you want a peanut? <laughs> <laughs> Such a classic and great movie. Now, there's not much else we really could say about. I mean, what else is there? I mean, who is your MVP in the movie? Who is your who's your most valuable player? Who is your least valuable player in the movie? Who's the best actor, worst actor, or who could have been replaced? Well, I'd like to go first. Okay, and say that Fred Savage is the least valuable. He could have been. I think he could have been replaced. I don't know with who would replace him, but. Um, because I can't think of any other child actors at the time, but that's just my personal opinion, of course. Okay, and you're most valuable? Well, hmm. That's, that's a tough one, because there's a couple, but I guess Manny Potemkin's character is most valuable. To me, anyway. 
he is Anigo Montoya. That's true. And used his left hand for a majority of a fight and said, I'm not left-handed. Yeah, and that was hilarious. Yeah. If you took his character away, would you still have a story? You would, but it won't be as interesting, I don't think. Yeah. And he had ulterior motives to have Wesley come back to life, Mm -hmm. you know? He was driven by revenge, and I don't know who else would. I mean, maybe the giant would have, but anyway, so... Yeah, he was most invested in in helping Wesley uh, succeed because, yeah, he had that link. Yeah. The giant didn't. Yeah. Or or Fezzik. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So what about you, Lou? Who is your... Uh, My least favorite piece of wood in this movie (laughs) was Princess Butternut Squash Robin Wright. Ooh, that's a good choice. Yeah, Yeah, I think she could have been anybody. I think, yeah, I think they could have replaced her with any flavor of the month in the 80s. And, you know, and not that I know that she did much in the 80s anyway. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I mean, for whatever reason, I, I just think that she's just a piece of wood. Or at least she was in this movie. Uh, she was generic. Yeah, she was pretty dull. And I think my MVP for this film, I would have to say Chris Sarandon. Sarandon, I think he... I'm not sure uh, what came first. I think this came first before Fright Night, probably. I just think that he plays a really good bad guy. And maybe this was him already honing his skills, but there were some really nice little moments of him just being a, a douche, you know? like, And he does it well. Although I got to say that uh, Count Ruger, Christopher Guest, was also pretty good. Yeah, Pretty understated, pretty monotone and deadpan. He's a good henchman. Was pretty good. Yeah, he did pretty good as a henchman. Because he's normally more animated in other stuff that he does. But yeah, I'm going to give it to Chris Sarandon. Sarandon. Who is Susan Sarandon's lesser known, lesser famous brother. He's famous at (laughs) Comic-Cons. Well, that's not saying. But anyway. Well, Chiller Theater, he's famous. As Mm. being Jerry. And he was in the remake of Fright Night getting his throat ripped out by the new Jerry. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't think I saw the remake. I don't think we saw the remake. I like it because I like David Tennant. Oh, okay. Right, well, I'll, I'll bring it over next time or something. And yours on? What were your what? What is your least? Okay, my LVP. Now I could have went with someone like the mother, Ratsy Brentley, because she's. <laughs> oh, come on, that doesn't even count. It doesn't count though. So I think my LVP. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with it. I think it's gonna be. Anne Dyson, because she's in the movie, but she's not in the movie. They didn't need her. She played the queen, Humperdinck's mom. She's, like, there, but she's, like, literally, she could have been a standee. She has maybe four lines. Mm. And she's just kind of like, you didn't need her. You could have said, oh, his mother died, or his mother was in a tower, or his father beheaded her. No, she's just kind of there, like, hi. Wow, I don't even remember her. Mm. Yeah, she's in the Exactly. Yeah. yeah, she just was completely useless. I mean, Buttercup was milk toast. Yeah. But on the other hand, originally they wanted Sean Young. Ooh. That would have been interesting. But is this before she went crazy or after she went crazy? I would say it was before. I would say before. And I don't know. I think Sean Young would have... There's there's something that's not innocent about Sean Young in anything that I've seen her in. There isn't that girl next door purity innocence, you know, that they got with Robin Wright. But they certainly could have found it with somebody else. Maybe Jennifer Connelly. If they brought her from Labyrinth, I think she would have worked well. Now, my MVP, so many. Yeah. Peter Cook. Peter Cook. One scene, but everyone remembers him. 
That's true. I'm going to go with Wallace Shawn. <laughs> because oh, yeah. everyone remembers him. Everyone thinks he said a lot more than he did, and he just stood out. He was just, bam, there. Yeah. No, my that, must have, that must have been a, a pretty funny audition, you know? Like, oh, that's it. He's in. We got him. If he came to the table with that character already... I mean, who else could have done that? I mean, the only other actor who's like that that Reiner worked with is Woody Allen. Oh, God. Oh, God. That yeah, been that, that would have been strange. Woody Allen would be more Miracle Max than anything else, and that's still... Yeah. Yeah. That's still kind of pushing it. Yeah. May make Woody Allen the grandfather. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I forgot Peter Falk. Peter Falk is an honorary mention because he is the narrator. Absolutely. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's Peter Falk. He is. Uh, uh, I just want to. I just. I just want to ask you a few questions. Uh, Him and his fake gray hair. Yeah. Oh my god. And his porn mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that a porn mustache? Mm, nah, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, you're right. And but like I said, everyone else amazing and does it really well. And like I said, I'm still surprised that Wesley wasn't played by Christopher Reeves. That would have been pretty interesting. It would have been. I mean, apparently this was supposed to be remade like six times. I mean, Richard Lester was going to direct it originally, and that's the one where Christopher Reeves was going to be it. Oh, wow. Richard Lester. What the hell is he in? Um, he directed uh, something. Like to mention... Um, Instead, yeah. Christopher Reeves did uh, what? Death Trap or something? With Michael Caine? Yes. If Buttercup loved Wesley so much, the farm boy, you mean she couldn't tell that that was him beyond that thinly veiled disguise that he was wearing? I mean, come on, seriously. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. Come on. You kiss the guy. You know his mouth. You know his eyes. You know. Yeah. You, you, know, he, you know the mole on his face. Yeah. I mean, come on. Come on. He puts on a mask and all of a sudden he's a different person. Come on. I mean, if we suspend, it's fantasy, so we can suspend our belief in thing. Yeah. Realistically, well, though, five years later. Five years. What did he grow? A little mustache? The tiny little mustache that he had? The little cheesy mustache? Yeah. yeah. I mean, on the other hand, what, they want him to be, like, all bulky and big, like, go from super thin Johnny Nobody to Charles Atlas in five years? Yeah, that wouldn't work either. It'd be a little much, I think. Yeah. And also, it's not like The Machinist, where Christian Bale lost an insane amount of weight. They wouldn't have had the time for him to lose all that weight, then gain it back. Yeah. Yeah, not with a movie this budget, certainly. They didn't really do that back then so much, you know? Oh, yeah. Put their actors through it. It's not like a Tom Hanks... Uh, yeah, but Christian, uh, Christian Bale is... Uh, he's crazy. He, he, he's a method actor, so he's, he's got to... He'll put himself through it. He will put himself yeah. through it. Yeah, he'll, he'll come close to death. He really will. I mean, there's now... What's his name, dude, too? Um, um... McConaughey? Yeah. yeah. McConaughey... Um... What's the other one? Uh, Matt Damon. Tom Hanks even did it. Tom Hanks, yeah. yeah, yeah. For what? Castaway. Yeah. No, I'm thinking Philadelphia. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's yeah, right. Yeah, but Castaway, yeah, but Castaway was well. Best actor in Castaway is still Wilson. <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> Wilson. He had the best line in the movie, though. <laughs> he stole the show. 
he stole the movie. And you know what? I I cried when Wilson floated away. I mean, I had real tears when Wilson floated away. Wilson would make any movie better. Imagine Wilson in Princess Bride. <laughs> Wilson would have played a better Buttercup. <laughs> now I want to picture this: Wilson dressed up in Buttercup. Or actually, Wilson is the Dread Pirate Wilson. <laughs> Crazy. So, what is so last thing before we get to any our final remarks on this? What was the most egregious thing in the movie? Just like you're just like, yeah, I'm going with it, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> the unusually large swamp rats were were pretty ridiculous. Okay, I was going with the machine myself. <laughs> it all has the little labels on the rack, it. The rack machine. Yeah. It has all the little labels, like, here, 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 here. It's all nicely done. It's like, what, did you go to a Costco to buy this thing? It's all nicely written. Uh, I guess for me, I have to say that Andre the Giant's character riding away on that horse. (laughs) (laughs) Just go with it. It's a fantasy. Andre the Giant. Right. That horse would That was Andre, not so much the Giant. No, that horse would have died. That horse wouldn't have been able to. No way. How much did that man weigh at that point? Certainly over 300 pounds, you know? 300? That's a. I gotta say, I mean, I'm sure we could look it up, but, you know, I'm sure he was probably close to 400 pounds. Yeah. He's an enormous man, and that's. You can't put that on a. The, the horse wouldn't have galloped away. <laughs> no, no, it would have it would have lumbered away. Right, it would have been on its little horsey knees. <laughs> yeah. I think but it would have stumbled for- over because he'd be sharing his wine with it. Yes, <laughs> if you're just a drunk horse and a drunk large man, I'm going to ride the horse now. No, Andre, no, but I want to ride the horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. The horse is going. I'm going to ride you. <laughs> Because you are way too big, human. At least we didn't get the original ending, though. The ending for the original ending for the movie they wanted, which is Fred Savage looks out his window and he sees them all waving at him. Oh, oh that would have been corny as hell. Really? Like they just showed up in Chicago? <laughs> yeah. No, it's just you know he finishes the, the story, the yeah. end as you wish, and then he turns around, looks at the window, and he sees them all waving at him to join their adventure. Wow. 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 Um, yeah, good yeah. call there, Rob Reiner. Yeah. <laughs> good call on that one. And the framing device, that worked for this movie, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they didn't have that, would this have been as good as it was? Mm. Without Fred Savage and Peter Falk? Um, no, because it gave you something to concentrate on. You know, because it wasn't introduced as, I mean, they opened the movie with 8-bit graphics video game. So I think if they had just said, you know what, we're going to remove all the contemporary element and just keep it a fantasy film, I think it would have been less unique. It would have made the movie longer. Yeah, I guess they would have filled it. In some respects, because, yeah, you have to. Now there is, you know, since you don't have the narrator, now you have to explain it through the story the, the film and yeah. the story in the film. Yeah, through the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would think it was a cool gimmick, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. It was a good gimmick and I enjoyed it. Like I said, Peter Falk is Peter, Peter Falk. So, before we go to our rating, last thing, final, final thing, I keep saying that, but this is the last thing. If you had to recast this today, who would you pick for our two leads 
and our three outlaws. <laughs> three outlaws? Because I... Chris Sarandon could still play Chris Sarandon no matter what. Chris Sarandon could be Humperdinck till the day he dies. I'm going to say that Fezzik, Vecini, and Inigo could be played by the three knuckleheads from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Those three idiots to, to play. I think uh, the guy that plays uh, Charlie would be uh, Fazzini. Oh, God. Uh, I think you'd have, I think the guy that plays Mac would play, um, no, he'd be the muscle, so he'd be, he'd be the brawn. He'd be, uh, he'd be Fezzik. And uh, Glenn would be the, uh, the, sh- the swashbuckling and ego. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something retarded like that. And then, uh, yeah, just get everybody. Just get, uh, Caitlin Olsen to play Buttercup and, uh, <laughs> and you just... get, and, da- uh, and Danny DeVito to play, um, Aaron, um, uh, Wesley? But, <laughs> no, 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 Wesley. No, get him to be, uh, Miracle. No, the priest. The priest, uh, or Max. I could see it was the priest, just how vulgar you'd be. Yeah. Yeah, fuck this. Get the uh to the two brothers, the um the Oh the McPoils. Oh god. Just just yeah, just recast it with the all the you know, the it's always sunny people. Who the McPoils would probably be the, the torturer and Count Rogan. As long as they interact, because they interact really well. So it has to be two characters that you know ha- that are interacting. Yeah. So maybe Count Ruger and, and the Prince. Oh god. I'm just saying which one would be the prince though. You know, there's always the lead guy. I forget their names. I think the, the McPoyle brothers' names, but the one guy. The one who stabbed him with a fork. The one that lost his eye in the one episode. And, you know, like, that that one. Because he, he's the main one. Okay. And you said for Carrie Ewers, you said, uh, who, the guy who was the priest? That one? No, uh, Glenn, no, Glenn Howerton. Uh, he's, uh, he's the one that plays uh, Dennis. Okay, so and, Dennis and D and, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, just, just, just use those idiots. Wow. <laughs> and I say that, you know, with love because I love those, I love those idiots. I don't think I can replace that. I, I can't, I can't beat that. I don't think. Could you, Lizzie? It would be interesting to watch. Uh, I, I'd let, I'd love to throw Amy Sedaris in there somewhere. Hmm. Mm. Maybe as Miracle Max's wife. She, yeah, she'd be yeah. able to pull it off for sure. Yeah. Definitely. One person I would love to have seen this movie, uh, I'm pretty sure she's dead. Mostly dead? I think she's gone to join the choir invisible. She has <laughs> gone to meet her maker. She is an ex-actress. <laughs> I am thinking, uh, what is her stupid name? Um, <laughs> Anne Ramsey. Ramsey. The name sounds familiar, but I can't place the face. Owen doesn't have any friends. Oh, um... Mama Fratelli. Yeah. From Throw Mama from the Train? Oh, my God. Imagine uh, her in this movie as, like, the boor. Boo! Boo! (laughs) And she was... Wasn't she also in Mystery Men? Wasn't she the the owner of the junkyard? Yes. Yeah, she... Oh, God, yeah. She was. She was, she was excellent in that movie. Wait, uh, no, it says she died in 88. Mystery Man was... Oh, no, yeah. No, then I'm thinking of somebody else, then. Well, she was in uh, Scrooge. Oh, she... she was a lady in the shelter. But she was in Mystery Man. 
Uh, yes. Yeah, she was. She was in Mystery Men. She was Ben Stiller's character's boss. Yeah. Junk it! Junk it! Just junk it! Hmm. I had to be, like, very close to her. Her mostly dead. Maybe she was mostly dead, but, you know, not completely dead in that movie. But she, but, no, I think, I don't know. I gotta look at Mystery but she just... Yeah, I'm looking up. Yeah. yeah, she's just but her, or have her as Miracle Max's wife. Actually, that would I think Miracle Max would have blown his brains out if, if that was his wife. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ! Tom Waits be in there somewhere. Tom Waits as Miracle Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, because he was kind of a tinkerer, you know. He was uh... definitely Tom Waits as Miracle Max. I like this. I like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> and then as gr- the grandpa. Uh, someone's senile. Uh, Abe Vigoda. Oh my god. Or, um. For the narrator. Yeah. Oh. Or is he too old? Never. I'm thinking Never. Abe Vigoda from, like, uh. No, no, no. Burgess Meredith. Oh my god. Wow. We'll say Burgess Meredith from Grumpier Old Men. Okay. So when he's a decrepit old bastard. Oh my god, Burgess Meredith. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And then the kid, I'm going to think Jake Lloyd, just because I hate him. The kid? Nah. Eh, you can use anybody for the kid. Oh, but I know for sure it was Anne Ramsey. Okay. Yeah. If it was the same woman that threw Mama from the train, yeah, she she was in Mystery Man. She was the, uh, just junkie. Okay. Yeah. I, I get you there was voodoo involved. They just resurrected her ass. They said, we're bringing you back. We need you. We need your hateful anger. Oh, jeez. You're there. The devil is like, yeah, I don't want this bitch. <laughs> you could have her back. She was only 58 when she passed away? Wow. That woman uh, yeah. had seen some hard yeah, times. Yeah, she died in 88. Yeah, she was a very... It was after Mystery Men that she passed away. It's tragic. Yeah, it is. No, I don't believe so. It doesn't show her listed in Mystery Men. I think that was it. That is a different person. Looked very similar, but... I bet know. you they... Uh, I, I'm thinking with Lizzie that, that it was her, but I'm thinking my theory that she was she resurrected by a voodoo guy. Anyway. Anyway, uh, anyway so let's get to... 99. It's 99, really? 99. Oh, really? So, yeah. Let's say, uh, yeah. I don't know who that woman is, but she reminded me of her. Hell yeah. I mean, fooled me. Yeah. But I thought it was the same woman. She was, well, yeah, but that... Maybe she was channeling that one or method acting to be like that, like, um, how what's-his-name was trying to be Max Shrek. Shriek. John Malkovich was channeling Max Shrek in that one movie. Child of Vampire. And he actually looked and acted like him. You're like, uh, what the fuck? Oh, uh, okay. I shall you. Anyway, so not much else to say about this movie. On our rating scale, out of a outside, outside your local red box, so no one rents this reprehensible piece of shit. Keep it on the background while surfing the internet for porn. Worth watching once on TV, DVD, or in the theaters. Borrow from a friend in every turn, or really, really, really fucking cool. I'm gonna have to give this. It's really, really, really fucking cool. It's a little dated, but it's not too much. It's a fun little movie where it's in its own little universe. 
it's fun. It's good. And you can watch it over and over again. It is quotable and it is a relaxing film. A fun, you know, you watch it once in a while. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I think for me, it's really, really fucking cool because, uh, like you said, it's quotable. Um, it's quintessential 80s fantasy. It's fun. It's comedic. Uh, you've got a lot of great, talented people in it. Um, it will, it, it has, and it will stand the test of time. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I guess, uh, if you're, if it's one of those movies that come, that it, you, you know, you're channel surfing and you come across it and it's there, you can't help but stop and watch a little bit of it. Maybe you won't watch the rest of it until, you know, until it finishes, but if it's a particular part of the movie, you'll, you'll definitely stop for a little bit, you know? So, that's the, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Really, really fucking cool. I know it's, it's a very weird rating system, but I think it works. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would also rate it as you know, borrow it from a friend and keep it. Yep. You know, I mean, you know, if you're <clears throat> if you're low on funds, then borrow it from a friend and keep it. <laughs> that works. That works. So it's it's kind of a four point five. Yeah. yeah. Alright, so I'm going to roll, and it lands on five. Okay, so we are watching Killer Clowns. Yay, with the really creepy pizza scene, where it's almost like a rape scene. Pizza! Killer Clowns. Killer Clowns, so we happen to own it, so... Yeah, we can... uh... Amazing movie. So, with that in mind, um... Everyone, thank you for listening. Remember to check out any of our earlier episodes at com. You can email us at spyrkin.gmail.com. I'm at zanspyrkin.com. Lou is at, um... Haywire Series. Yeah, Haywire Series at Gmail? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, if you want to contact me, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll set up something at Spyrkin. Yeah, I have I have the email space. <laughs> I have emails galore. Yeah, yeah. Send your hate mail there. And remember, check out the Haywire Series. It's really good. Thank you. And I may be yeah. in an episode. I was in an episode. I may be in another you one. You were in an episode. Yeah, you were in an episode. Maybe I'll be in another one. We'll see. So, final thing is favorite quotes from the movie. Okay, then. I'm just Since it is such a great movie, everyone gets three. <laughs> L- ladies first. Oh, okay. Now you put me on the spot. And you get three. Because <laughs> there's so many to choose from. Okay. Um, one of my favorite quotes is... I did that on purpose. I don't have to miss. I believe you. So what happens now? We face each other as God intended. Sportsmanlike. No tricks, no weapons. Skill again, skill along. You mean you'll put down your rock and I'll put down my sword and we'll try and kill each other like civilized people? I can kill you now. Frankly, I think the odds are slightly in your favor at hand fighting. That's one. What are your other two? Okay, the the previous Dread Pirate, Roberts, said to Wesley... Said, all right, Wesley, never had a valet. I can try it tonight. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. Three years he said that. Good night, Wesley. Good work. Sleep well. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. It was a fine time for me. I was learning to fence, fight, anything anyone would teach me. I like that one. And... You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Okay, so that's all very good. What about you, Lou? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with the beginning of the movie where he goes. Is this a kissing book? I thought that was pretty funny. And Why are you wearing a mask? Were you going to acid or something like that? Oh no, it's just they're terribly comfortable. I think everyone will be wearing them in the future. And then my my most favorite quote of the movie is victim to one of the classic blunders. Famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less well-known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, cool. Those are all amazing quotes. Well, obviously, the stinger has been chosen because this is the greatest line in the movie, most quoted line from this movie. Mm-hmm. But for me, one I like is Go away. What? What? Are you the miracle Max who worked for the king all those years? The king's stinking son fired me. And thank you so much for bringing up such a painful subject. While you're at it, why don't you give me a nice paper cut and pour lemon juice on it? We're closed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also you have that lovely uh Bye bye, boy. Have fun storming the castle. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye bye. Right, yeah, that's a huge one. I'm gonna go with. Uh, you just shook your head. That doesn't make you happy. <laughs> <laughs> that one, and of course Wesley saying, "There's a shortage of perfect breasts in this world. Could be a pity to damage yours." Yeah, that's a good, that's a good <laughs> one too. I mean, I could have gone with the. So what about the R-O-U-S's? The rest of the eyes? I don't think they exist. <laughs> no, it's a guy in a costume. Or holding a giant rat. And of course there's Inconceivable. And well, Inconceivable. Yeah, but that's kind of... Well, those are hallmarks for these. This, for this movie. As you wish. There's... I'm, I'm gonna now go kill myself. I'm sorry. She kissed me. Wait, what? <laughs> Or, uh, or the, I do not envy the headache you have when you wake, but for now, rest well and dream of large women. <laughs> well, I'm not a witch, I'm your wife! <laughs> Such a great movie, definitely check it out. We should do a Mystery Science Theater for one of these movies, maybe. Maybe we'll do Life of Brian like that. Aww. Oh, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, we, we, no. Well, we could, we could tear apart uh, Nightbreed, that's for damn sure. Uh, do a Mystery Science for Nightbreed? Oh, God. Yeah, I actually, I think that would be more more appropriate because this Life of Brian is such a great movie. You want to treat that one with a little more respect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for Python, the only one you could bash is not even a Python movie. It's a uh, Jabberwock. Yeah. Because that's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, and um, before I forget, Lou, you actually had a message because someone wants you to review Collection. What? The sequel to that lovely movie we watched. <laughs> The Collector? Yes. Mm. More gore, more violence. Who, who, who sent this message? Have you ever done Human Centipede? No, that one surprisingly you put it on twice, it did not come up and we saw worse things, including Troll 2. This was some kid named Jerry475. <laughs> he also said, how come you guys never talked about other movies with Alice Cooper in it besides Prince of Darkness, because he's been in ten movies. Well, maybe you haven't seen his other movies. Yeah. The only other one I know of is Sgt. Pepper. Oh, and Wayne's World. Oh, that's right. Wayne's World. that. <laughs> I forgot. I don't care. Uh, so that, I'm going to kill the recording now. <laughs> <laughs>
I think we're good. See you guys later. Bye. Alright. Good night. Things were not so complex And how he worshipped the ground she walked And when he looked in her eyes He became obsessed My love is like a storybook story But it's as real as the feelings I feel My love is like a storybook story But it's as real as the feelings I feel It's as real as the feelings I feel This love was stronger than the power so dark Prince could have within his keeping his spells to weave and steal a heart within her breast, but only sleeping. My love is like a storybook story, but it's as real as the feelings I feel. My love is like a storybook story but it's as real as the feelings I feel it's as real as the feelings I feel he said don't you know I love you oh so much my heart at the foot of your dress she said don't you know that storybook love always have a happy ending then he swooped her up just like in the books and on his stallion they rode away my love is like a storybook story, but it's as real as the feelings I feel. My love is like a storybook story, it's as real as the feelings I feel. It's as real as the feelings I feel.
Who hasn't? Are you still trying to win? You've got an overdeveloped sense of vengeance. It's going to get you into trouble someday. Conversation. I won't go away, it's coming for you. But how can you be sure? This is true love. Oh, no. Is this a kissing book? No. Actually, there was a lot of treachery. Errol. <laughs> and revenge. Prepare to die. Never go in against the Sicilian when death is on the line! <laughs> there were affairs of state. But I've got my country's 500th anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, and Gilda to frame for it. I'm swamped. And affairs of the heart. My Wesley will always come for me. Your Wesley is dead. I've seen worse. Bye, bye, boy. Have fun storming the castle. It's more than turning. What's the difference? We've got him. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye. It's a story of love, a tale of adventure. It's as real as the feelings you feel. I'm kissing again. Someday you may not mind so much. The Princess Bride, not just your basic, average, everyday, ordinary, run-of-the-mill, ho-hum fairy tale. 
except for like porn. And no, 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 they do use. They just use the blurry mosaic. <laughs> oh, do they? They use blurry mosaic. We can't show that, and that's a stable from the 1940s. <laughs> it's like. Look, that's a story from another day. They also like their tentacle stuff, which that's. Ew. Oh yeah. But I think and, and their um their dildos all have faces on them for some reason. Yeah, it's very bizarre. <laughs> funky forest. No, no, no. I'm not even talking about the the funky forest. I mean, that's weird in and of itself. But um, yeah, for some reason, their sex toys seem to have faces on them. Hey, it makes it more interesting and collectible. Because the otakus are crazy and they're not going to get anything. <laughs> they're not getting anything. They're like, oh, buy this. It's but, like a, it can't. It can't really look like a penis if it has a face on it. Yeah, it's a back massager. They swear. <laughs> right. But, but on the other hand, it is not the most fucked up country. <laughs> it is not by a long shot. No, no. There's, there's. Plenty of plenty of messed up countries, but you I know. Think that, they're up there. <laughs> I think India still is, from what I've heard, because that's the whole suppress the suppression BS. Like so suppressed, they explode. Yeah, yeah, they can't, they can't, uh, they can't express their, um, yeah, their, uh, their um, sexual. Uh, yeah, they, 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 they can't express their. Uh, if they're gay, they can't express it. They can't. They yeah. just can't do it. If, if America thinks that it's it's horrible, uh, they should try India or Africa. Africa, they'll they'll kill you. Oh yeah, no. Then just look at that that eat the poo poo video. That whole thing. Oh, the, the oh god. <laughs> uh, but in India, speaking of which, and this is all going to mean stinger material, by the way. After the other stinger, because this is definitely because some kids are like, I want to hear about Wesley. You should better come and hear about this little. Oh god. Wesley and Princess Butternut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Wesley's big sword. Oh, look. Butterscotch. Butterscotch. Oh, butterscotch. No, but my friend went to India, and he went to a bar, was hanging out, and he saw this girl with her friend, and he, you know, worked his magic. Starts talking to her, saying, I'm with my friend. Oh, okay, yeah, why don't you just tell your friend, you know, whatever, and then we'll go. She goes, talks to her friend, and her friend comes back with her, and she's like, she said, okay. Wait, what? You know, we'll go back to your room. <laughs> okay. And he's like, what? I thought it was just me. And he's like, no, 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 my friend will come too. And I thought you wanted like, And from there, he kind of vaguely just says, and then stuff, and then et cetera, et cetera. And then Kama Sutra something, something. Something, 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 dark side, something, something, page 36, comma, something, super. something, comma, super, something, 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 Connie, Connie Lingus. <laughs> yes, yeah, like something, various <laughs> positions and back pain. <laughs> <laughs> something, menage, something, sutra. <laughs> yes. Hello there, all going? Look, I don't mean to be rude, but this is not as easy as it looks, so I'd appreciate it if you would not distract me. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. I do not suppose you could have speed things up. Well, if you're in such a hurry, you could lower a rope or a tree branch or find something useful to do. Well, I could do that. I still got some rope up here, but I do not think you would accept my help, since I am only waiting around to kill you. 
Ooh. Well, that do put a damper on our relationship. <laughs> but I promise I will not kill you until you reach the top. <laughs> Silly. Oh, that's very comforting. But I'm afraid you will just have to wait. Oh, I hate waiting. I could give you my word as a Spaniard. No good, no good. I've known too many Spaniards. <laughs> Is there not any way that you'll trust me? Hmm, nothing comes to mind. Oh, I swear, on the soul of my father, Domingo Montoya. You will reach the top alive. Hmm. Tell me the rope. Oh. Thank you. Well, we'll, well, we'll wait until you are ready. <laughs> Silly. Again, thank you. I don't mean to pry, but you don't by any chance happen to have six fingers on your right hand, do you? One, two, three, four, five. Now. Do you always begin conversations this way? Yes, I do. Oh, my father was slaughtered by a six-fingered man. He was a great sword maker, my father. When the six-fingered man appeared and requested a special sword, my father took the job. He slaved a year before it was done. I have never seen its equal. Six-fingered man returned and demanded it, but it won't tempt his promised price. My father refused. Without a word, the six-fingered man slashed him through the heart. It hurt. I love the father, so naturally I challenged his murderer to a duel. I failed. A six-fingered man laid me alive, but he oh. gave me this. Oh, how old were you? I was 84. I was 11 years old. <laughs> yeah. I was a strong enough dedicated my life to the study of fencing. So the next time we meet, I will not fail. I will go up to the six-fingered man and say, Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You've killed my father. Prepare to die. And scene. Inconceivable. Give it to me. Catch up with it. Quick, quickly. What do I do? Finish him, finish him, finish him, finish him, finish him, finish him, finish him. Your way. Oh, good. Uh... My way. Thank you, Vizzini. Uh, which way is my way? Pick up one of those rocks, get behind the boulder, in a few minutes, a man will block him running around the bend. The minute his head is in view, hit him with the rock! <laughs> hmm. My way, not very sportsmanlike. A rock, uh, a rock disintegrates itself just in... Oh, that's narration. We do not need it. <laughs> Someone else would have gotten it wrong, and I did too. I, 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 I did that on purpose. I didn't have to miss. I believe you. So, so what happens now? We face each other, as God intended, sportmanlike. No tricks, no weapons, skill against skill alone. You mean you'll put down your rock, and I'll put down my sword, and we'll try and kill each other like civilized people? <laughs> hmm. Conceivable, I could kill you now. Frankly, I think the odds are slightly in your favor at hand fighting. 
Not my fault, being biggest and strongest. I don't even exercise. <laughs> Look, are you just fiddling around with me or what? <laughs> Want you to feel you're doing well. I hate for people to die embarrassed. Oh, you are quick. A good thing, too. Why do you wear a mask? Were you burned by acid or some similar component? Back at you. No, it's just that they're terribly comfortable. I think everyone will be wearing them in the future. Hmm, I just figured out why you give me so much trouble. Why's that, do you think? Well, haven't fought just one person for so long. I've been specializing in groups, battling gangs for local charities, this kind of thing. Well, why should that make such a difference? Well, you see, <laughs> you use different moves when you fight half a dozen people than when only have to be worried about one. Interesting. I do not envy you, but the headache you will have when you awake. But in the meantime, rest well and dream of a large woman. <laughs> and scene. Nice. The scene, the ruins. Humperdinck is looking at the scuff marks on the ground. Oh, Mounted soldiers and Count Rugen are present. There was a mighty duel at Range Oliver. They were both masters. Oh, I'm out of it end. I probably won. <laughs> the loser ran up alone in the winter fall of these footprints toward the boulder. Honestly, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I Wait, guess. What's your problem? Come on. They're both ugly. <laughs> I guess we'll track them both. Jeez. The loser is nothing. Only the princess matter clearly. This was all planned by the warriors of Gilder, and we must be ready for whatever lies ahead. Good lord. <laughs> could this be a trap? I always think everything could be a trap, which is why I'm still alive. The scene. An open area. Vizzini is seated behind a covered table. Buttercup, blindfolded, is sitting to his left. On the table is a bottle of wine and two goblets. Roberts approaches the table. So it is down to you, and it is down to me. <laughs> if you wish you're dead, by all means, keep moving forward. Let me explain. There's nothing to explain. You're trying to kidnap what I've rightfully stolen. <laughs> Well, perhaps an arrangement can't be reached. There will be no arrangement, and you're killing her. <laughs> well, if there ain't gonna be no arrangement, then we's at an impasse. <laughs> I'm afraid so. I can't compete with you physically, and you're no match for my brains. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, I can't argue with that, you know. Mama didn't raise no fool, and Daddy didn't raise me at all. You ain't that smart. You that smart? Let me put it this way. Me speak English? That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of Plato? No. Aristotle? No. Socrates? Who that? Morons. They shall sound like it. Pause. Well, in that case, I challenge you to a battle of these wits. For the, for the, princess, for the princess? I accept. Good. Then go ahead and pour that wine. Roberts pulls out a small vial and uncorks it. <laughs> 
You can inhale this, but don't touch it. I smell nothing. Well, I keeps it tight. <laughs> what you do? <laughs> what do you? What you do not smell is called iocane powder. It is odorless, tasteless, and dissolves instantly into liquid, and is among the more deadly poisons known to man. Mm. <laughs> turns away, I turn away, I put, all right, where's this poison? The battle of which has begun. It ends when you decide, and we both drank, and find out who is right, and who be dead. <laughs> But it is so simple. All I have to do is divine from what I know of you. Mm -hmm. Are you the sort of man who would put the poison into his own goblet or his enemies? Hmm. Now, a clever man would put the poison into his own goblet because he would know that only a great fool would reach for what he has given. I am not a great fool. Well. <laughs> so, I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you must have known I was not a great fool. You would have counted on it, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You have made your decision then? Not remotely. <laughs> <laughs> because Iocane comes from Australia, as everyone knows, and Australia is entirely peopled with criminals, and criminals are used to having people not trust them. And you're not trusted by me, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. Truly, your, dizzy, your intellect is dizzying. Australia, child. <laughs> and scene. All right, guys, that's all the time we have. Now. Your Westley is dead. I killed him myself. Then why is there fear behind your eyes? Under you, Princess Barquois. Man and wife, same man and wife. Man and wife. Escort the bride to the honeymoon suite. I'll be there shortly. He didn't come. 